0: Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Temple Tonelli, and I'm joined this week by Mike Munsterider and Jason from Frozen and Carbonite. To talk about writing about skateboarding, but first, got to talk about that new Primitive video. More than any previous Primitive video, Define felt like an event. A defining moment for the brand, maybe. Like the video Primitive was working towards all these years. Mike, what is it about this video that made it stand out? Or did it stand out to you?
1: Yeah, it stood out to me. Um, The opening is what kind of really brought it home. You get the P. Rod, yeah, right, flashback with the Nas song, and then to have the Wade Disarmo part as like the technically like I think that's first part in the video. Mm -hmm. If we're going, you know, if we're really slicing and dicing it, but then you get Tiago Lemos coming like right after that Wade D part where I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't. Wade had shown a lot of juice in that last Primitive promo where um, I remember he had, like, a front tail, shove it, and then, like, a big spin flip front nose line in the promo. And that was,
2: damn, this is great. This is, like,
1: late late career Wade D. So sick. I mean, he was wrecking shop in this video. And then you get Tiago, and you get that, like, P-Rod, Wade, Tiago lineup. That was heavy. And... Um, Maybe the video segs a little bit in the middle, but I, I I liked it for the fact that it seems like it's the video that all those dudes want to be like want to make and want to be in. It seemed like everybody got to choose their song and like this is what I listen to, so we're gonna use it. And um, it just made sense in a lot of ways, and it stood out because the skating was top notch, and then the production was top notch too. I know Jason, this is this like cuts cuts into many of your interest in skateboarding. Yeah.
2: Yeah. The um, my boy Seneca Garcia on Twitter coined the phrase tech formalist to describe this video <laughs> and that works pretty well. Like if you draw a straight line through like questionable trilogy fully flared, it would lead to this video just like doing the most like taking the building blocks of skating and like your flip tricks and your last tricks and just like pushing it to the limit and contrasting this one with the previous primitive videos. This one has like just a little more, you know, gravitas. Like it starts out with, you know, the P right part, which I don't know. It's kind of, I don't care that he skates to the same song. It's just funny that he skates to song they skate to before. And his first part was a song that someone else skated to. I don't know. i just think that's funny. Yo. And, oh, that's interesting.
0: Um,
2: yeah. I don't know. And the wave part, like, like Wade's part is a triumph. Like it's not that often in, you know, any human endeavor that you see someone like fully actualize, like be the best version of themselves. Like this is the we- everyone always knew Wade was good. And you kind of got like I mean, he's a traditionalist. He doesn't post footage on the gram. He's a perfectionist. He saves shit for parts. But this is the Wade part that I think, you know, people who fuck with him since um top since top dollar since that uh, shop video have like been waiting for i think so if he never steps on for if he never steps on a board again he's a legend as far as i'm concerned after this part and like we'll talk about the other shit later but towards the end like the carlos part had you know it starts off with the music music in the video is pretty good but we'll talk about music later as well but it starts off with that weird old like I don't know what the fuck you call it, like 70s music. It sounds like something from, like, the Clockwork Orange soundtrack or whatever. So that was really dramatic and ends with that, like, uh, Kanye West remix or whatever. So, yeah, I I thought it was real sick. It's definitely my wheelhouse. And, yeah, it definitely feels like an old event-type video, like mm-hmm. a year right or a fully flared or some shit.
0: Yeah, event video is, is how I would – how it felt to me. I mean, an hour and eight minutes, that's a pretty daunting – uh, Runtime. It took me three sittings to get through the whole video. Uh, what about you guys? How long did it take?
2: I think I watched it. Either I watched it all at once or I took a break. I think actually, it- I, actually, I think I watched like through Tiago's part and then I watched
1: the rest every time.
0: How about you, Mike? Yeah,
1: yeah um, I somehow did it. I, you know, I, I look at thirteen minutes. The fuck? You expect me to watch all this? And then saw one oh eight and kind of laughed, but. I mean, again, it starts so heavy that before I knew it, you know, I, I, was, I was deep in the, the montage, deep in the montage, and was like, damn, this is still good. And it's just going to get better because I know what's, what's left over. So, yeah, I, I did it in one sitting, much to uh, my kids' chagrin the other <laughs> afternoon. But no, man, I mean, like I said, 13 minutes is usually pushing it. So it's a damn fine video.
0: Yeah, and it, it kind of felt like it needed to be that long. You know, like, everybody... It seemed like everybody who wanted to have a part had a part, which, like, is rad that all those Europeans who usually get kind of stuffed into a Euro montage got to, like, fully be there and, like, be part of the team, which I think is rad.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to look up look up the names. Oh, we
0: got chapters, Ian. That's so nice of them. Yeah, I mean, they're a premium brand. Even their YouTube... Like, uploads are premium. It's all chaptered yeah, I mean, out real nice. There's a lo- yeah, there's a
1: lot to like in there. Mark. Yeah, they,
2: they did put the names in there, uh, which I appreciate. I mean, I see why some people might not fuck with them. Like, they kind of have, like, a, like a bl- bland, quote-unquote, like, Cali type image. They do all those anime collabs, you know, that you know, some people might think are cringe or whatever. I like the Megadeth collab, though.
0: I, I wasn't aware of that one until I saw that Spencer Hamilton was wearing a Megadeth jersey. I was like, what the fuck? Like, is he into Megadeth? And then I, like, looked it up, and I was like, oh, it's like a, you know, it was in the box.
1: Yeah, there's, at the, at the skate park, the Familia Park right now, there's, they've got the Terminator 2. I think it's Terminator 2. I think it's specific to the sequel, Primitive Colab, and there's like a, you can, you can get a cut and sew button down short sleeve that's got, you know... T eight hundreds on it. Wasn't there a
0: a old T one thousand graphic? Maybe like a Danny Way or something?
2: Oh, no, Henry Sanchez.
0: Henry Sanchez, yeah.
2: And DGK
0: just reissued it. Terminator hot in the streets.
2: Terminator Hot in the Streets. Yeah, I mean, but you know, I think some someone said on Slap that like if these collabs enable them to like travel all over and you know, travel Europe, NYC, blah blah blah, you know and make video productions like this, like, I don't, I don't care, you know?
1: Well, what, what? there was like Kikoman soy mm-hmm. sauce, like a while back. And at the time, I'm like, well, that's some dumb shit. But I, I think I'm more sympathetic to it for that reason right there from Slap Poster, you know, I'm, I'm not going to make up a fake handle that's somewhat derogatory because I kind of don't ride with Slap board. But no, man, I mean, there, I, I, I can get some of the gripes about Primitive, they run it like a business like that should be illegal in skateboarding (laughs) and i mean as a shop guy like the direct-to-consumer stuff grates somewhat but i know like my my local skate shop does carry them and for the most part um without skipping over yeah yeah any any other thoughts on that stuff before i have a question for you guys
2: i mean you're not gonna Corner the market and boards like Rocco. You know what I mean. Like I think they said in the Rocco documentary, at one point, World Industries was like eighty or ninety percent share of the market. Like you're, you're that's just not going to happen anymore. So if you can, you know, make some extra money with these collabs and shit, then I don't know, fuck it.
0: That's the thing that I wonder about with the collabs. Is like I, I thought that there was like it would cost money to do a collaboration. Like you know, you got to share share the profits with Kikomon or whatever or you have to play pay Kikomon some kind of licensing deal unless Kikomon is the one like pursuing the collab which i i doubt i don't know what other collaborations they're
1: doing i mean it seems like i don't know the soy sauce heads are just like buying that shit up
0: is that, a, that? they're just I mean, like i, I have, love this soy sauce so much i got to have anything that says Kikomon on it i guess
1: like, like it's probably your only opportunity to get like a high-quality Kikaman hoodie. Yeah. I mean, if you're really into that sauce, our yeah, household it's, is.
0: It's a good point, I guess.
1: Wanted, wanted to ask, though, that question that I kind of previewed. Like, girl was always the most, at, at least, I, I, I wasn't around for elite Plan B days, but I understand that Plan B was the elite of the elite. Like, girl was always that in my mind, especially in the, you know, pre yeah right. let's say, mouse to chocolate tour days. Does Primitive kind of fill that role, at least for for guys like us, where we can remember that being a thing in skateboarding, or is it just a little too far off?
0: I think a case can be made for it, for sure, but I I just think that we're living in a different world now, because I I think of, like, fucking awesome and hockey as elite.
1: But are those the best skaters? The best of the best of the best?
0: They're the coolest. So, in that that respect, they're the best skaters, because... You know, skating is about being cool. I think Primitive is, like, technically the best skaters, probably. Jason, what are your thoughts on this?
2: Yeah, I mean, you're right. It is a different world. Like, there's a whole segment of skaters, like, the people who fuck with, like, yeah, FA Hockey and Polar and, you know, whatever East Coast brands, you know, that don't really care about this style, like, Cali, ledge skating at all. You know what I mean? It's not like back in the day. It was just, like, Plan B was the video, And that was it. You know what I mean? Everything was more like centralized. But yeah, as far as people who care about like technical excellence in skating. Yeah, these this this team is uh, the elite, the best of the best. But like most people really don't care about that. I think, you know, people just like watch whatever is on Instagram. But like for people like myself who care about that, like as a pursuit, then yeah, these guys. Yeah, these guys are uh, they're elite. Like there's no one. No, they're no there's no scrubs on
0: the
1: primitive team.
0: Yeah, no like homie no, who's got like a, yeah. you know, perma pro because yeah. he's a legend or whatever.
1: Or even I'll do Ben Sanchez, like the full homie, local, like not quite hanging with Guy Mariano's part in the mouse video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I will. Oh, go ahead.
2: No, um, yeah, I mean, like, like fucking, I uh, mentioned Tiago's part, like, he's been putting out crazy shit for so long. And some of the shit in his part was legitimately shocking. Like he does a line at that that one Barcelona spot that's like that step ledge by the beach that everyone skates, you know, by mm-hmm. down down by the docks or whatever, by the dock of the bay. He skates it like <laughs> he does the line there the wrong way. Like whenever you're skating a spot the wrong way, yep. Like the hard way, that's crazy. And he does like some of the shit shit he thinks of is fucking insane. Like switch front side heel to Kruger like grind. a San Yeah, grind, like a Sanchez, like a switch Sanchez grind with a switch heel. By the way, if if you can do frontside heels both ways and big spin back tails, there's a pretty good chance that you can get on primitive. Because I've I've never seen like like do a shot everyone does like do a shot anytime someone does a front side heel flip, a switch front side heel flip or a big spin back tail. <laughs> Which we- I love. I said yeah, I said this on Twitter. Like I love I love that trick. I love that type of trick like mm-hmm. It's still pretty funny.
0: We need to get the four ply guys on it.
2: Yeah, yeah. I need some uh, the longi- longitude data metrics. analysis.
1: Yeah, whatever you call it, scatter metrics. What's the standout part
0: for you guys? Damn, um, that's tough. I think the the first three parts. I mean, that, I tried watching some more today, so that's as far as I got. Is like P. Rod, Wade, Tiago, and the shit hits hard, and then it goes to JB. Oh, mm-hmm. JB. Yeah, that was. Let's talk about JB. Or, fuck, Uh getting ahead of myself here. Uh, what about you guys? What stood out, Mike?
1: Oh, um, it's probably Tiago, because he's just, like, in a weird way where oh, I can't ollie that high. <laughs> I, I, I'm not good at skating ledges. I used to be maybe decent at one point. Like, in my heart of hearts, I want to skate like Tiago Landless, so that was really dope. But, uh, like... I'm looking at the video lineup here and like you got Miles Silva's 16 minutes and 25 seconds, just kind of in the uh, the doughy middle of the video. And that dude's like certified in at skateboarding. That Yamashita kid, he was awesome. I'm not, I'm going to pass on trying to fumble over his first name. All due respect. Brian Peacock, like I kind of, he's a weird one where it's like smoke. Is he smoking mirrors? Is his technique too weird? He had some really great incredibly difficult stuff Yeah, where that like no one's no one else has done where
2: are where in in the world are those spotsy skates because it's like, like s tier spot porn is it like hong kong or macau or i think
1: yeah we're in that region i my my like general thought is that he's a chinese national and so he's like getting everywhere that you know Wait, what is it, what is guys. what does it mean when you're like a national of a country? Because he's from Delaware. Oh, he's from Delaware. I no doubt. I, yeah, I feel I, he must have a Chinese passport. I guess is all yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, some shit like that. Yeah, because like there's these spots where it's like, oh, a bunch of like
2: marble banks with a marble ledge on top. Like what? Yeah, you know that shit's insane. But um, yeah, the video kind of goes like Paul Wade Wade's part uh triumph. And then there's like some stuff in the middle, which is kind of good. At, with the music, we haven't talked about music, but at one point, it seems like they skate to like four different versions or four different interpolations of um,
1: Just Be Good to Me by the SOS band,
2: which is cool, which is like a dope fucking song. I think it's kind of funny.
1: As far as I could tell from the credits, uh, it's an original. What's the word I'm looking for? I'm missing it. It's a mix, composition, mix. mix like.
2: Yeah, yeah. There's some original stuff like,
1: Thrown in there, which is cool. But yeah, as far as
2: the most hard-hitting part, I say like it's either Wade or Carlos. I mean, I'll probably change my opinion like all all summer long. But yeah, Carlos ribero's part, like, uh, yeah, just way, the way it opens with the music and the way he he's like technically perfect. If I could skate like anyone, I'll probably want to skate like him, or at the very least, like lock into tricks and pop out like textbook like that. I think I've said that on this podcast before, but. Yeah, his like last seven tricks, any one of them could have been an ender, like the, the real ender, like switch back nose one clipper, mm-hmm. like switch kick flip back lip brick town, that like switch flip over around down a gap or some shit, I don't know. And like uh, that one trick he does, it's like a back tail on the inside of a ledge, a big spin out. Just the way the board like flips around and shit, yep. I don't know. It looks looks like a looks all crazy and shit. So yeah, that dude's a beast. Good that he came back. I think he had a gnarly injury, so I don't know if that stuff was old or it's after he came back, but it's good that he's back.
0: Yeah, the the switchback side blank clipper. The cover came out February 2021. Yeah. So he's been sitting on, and you know, a couple months before the cover is when the trick gets done. So he's been sitting on that for a little while. It to me, I it felt like it was even older than that, just because when it came on, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that.
1: Yeah, totally. And I almost, I mean, that dude's so good. I thought he was going to, you see Clipper and you're like, what's the most fucked up trick Carlos could do on here? And I was like, he's going to switch flip back. <laughs> I wanting—I—I honestly thought that for a second.
0: Not quite there yet. Maybe in the next video.
1: Yeah, right. Has that been done on a rail? Mm. A little bit,
2: little guy? I think I think maybe Shane O'Neill did one on a little guy. Like
0: in the streets or a, a skate park? No, in
2: the, in the street, like a little, little street rail. A little
1: rail on the street. Hmm.
0: Listeners, send us a link if you know it offhand. I'm not going to go dig for that one.
1: Yeah, don't 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 beat me up too much, Slap, for not knowing that. <laughs> but thanks for listening.
0: Yeah, shout out, to Slap people. Yeah, seriously, shout out to pals.
2: But uh, we we touched on the music a little bit. What'd y'all think of the music?
0: I thought in general it was good. I mean, I didn't recognize a lot of it. Would have been cool if there was a Megadeth song <laughs> to go go with the collab. But yeah, it it was all like. Inoffensive. It did its job. I feel like it complemented the skating. So yeah, it gets uh, it gets thumbs up from me. What about you, Mike?
1: Yeah, not not complaining. I mean, some of it. (laughs) I'm just so old now. Some of it gets a little wild, but like I thought it added to the production value of it all because it was like you know evidently a mix or something based on what I can't quite remember about seeing in the credits. Like just. You know, and anytime anybody puts there 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 was some thought put into the sound design too. If you, you know, watch the transitions, watch and listen to the transitions in the video. And that goes a long way too. Like the P Rod part was, you know, well conceived and well implemented, let's say. And from there, like there's there's cool little things to notice about how the sound works with the skating and what's on screen. I just appreciate that type of stuff. Like it's a very well crafted video in in that sense
0: yeah i I totally agree i think it was like they struck the perfect balance of like what a primitive video should look like you know it's premium and high quality but it's not like it doesn't feel like a ty evans or red bull production where it's like you can feel the like thirty thousand dollar camera in the room you know it's like it the primitive video still felt street level
2: yeah, like there along those lines, there wasn't a lot of overdone like uh, lifestyle footage or like slow motion, like high fives, hugs, all that shit. There's a little bit, but um, yeah, not that much, which is cool. But yeah, back to the music. I like that they use current rap. I think that's important. Like a lot, I saw a lot of people that were like, "Oh, the music's terrible." Like, dude, just say you don't like current rap. Right. Like, just like say it with your chest, you know? Like, skatepits have used current rap like since fucking I don't know. 1989, 1990. So, yeah, I like this trend of, you know, using current rap instead of like the same like 90s shit or like finding some obscure 90s shit that no one skated to, which uh, Skate Mafia does, by the way. And, and, um, but that, that's like their thing. But yeah, Just, with, with the, well, real quick, with the Group Home song, I kind of looked through it before and I think every song but two on the Group Home LP, everyone is like someone has skated to, including <laughs> Including the interludes <laughs> Amazing. So I might be wrong, but I, yeah, it's something like that. Two or three songs.
1: But yeah. yeah. You're like- oh, uh, tan- yeah. Continuing your tangent. I once, I think just for 411 productions, like looked at the Mobb Deep album, The Infamous, and was there 16 or 17 tracks on there? Like nine of those songs had been used in a 411 video of one one way or another. So yeah, that saturation happens. And um, just because I'm looking at it now, it's original music. The The billing is original music by, quote, oh, no, excuse by Best Friend Jacob. Maybe that's a typo, Best Friend Jacob. I don't know what it is. But was going to say there's, like, a through line, and the through line is Heath Brinkley. Like, it in a way, it's, like, the way this video looks is related to those old Logic videos, that Logic video magazine from back in the day where it was, I felt like that was cleaner, maybe a little higher tech than 411 when Logic first came out. Like 411, kind of like upped its tech game too in terms of how the video looked. But yeah, I guess my whole point is vis-a-vis Heath Brinkley, this looks like a Logic video in certain aspects, or at least seems related.
0: Interesting. I always thought that Logic videos were very second tier.
1: Hmm. I really liked them. I mean, if if maybe nothing else, the skating is related because it was a lot. It was like so much IE footage and all that. Inland Empire.
2: Oh yeah, that was sick. That's where you saw like uh, JP Jadid. Yeah, fuck shit up. That dude's. I think he's still ripping. Yeah, he's probably still skating Chafee or whatever, or whatever's or whatever left of it. Yeah, shout out that dude. But uh, yeah, logic videos are funny because they always had. A title that was like some phrase, but they put like tricks in the middle, like get tricks or die trying.
0: No, that was digital. That's oh that was digital, yeah. not bad.
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah, not bad. Yo, oh, Logic was just like they were just numbers, like Logic Two, Logic Seven,
1: blah blah blah.
0: Right. You could pick it up at it Best like- Buy for like nine ninety five or something.
1: <laughs> Logic ran "Video Killed the Radio Star" as a montage, and that that always seemed hard. Yeah, that was pretty dope. And then digital, that was that was a Bill Weiss. Yep. Weiss. Yep. It's not Weiss. It's Weiss, probably. One of those names you've... I'm not,
2: I think I've heard both.
1: Yeah, right? I always say Weiss in my head when I read it. There was some, like, shitty mo- 100 most influential skaters online article from, like, a surf magazine that got passed around on Twitter, and Bill Weiss, Weiss, Weiss was one of the 100 most influential skaters of all time, according to that article. <laughs>
0: yeah. That article is hilarious. So much copy-paste. Yeah, I won't be linking to that one in the show notes either. Oh, speaking of skateboard (laughs) writing. Shit, yeah. Well, speaking of skateboard writing, this week, Quarter Snacks published Jason's hard-hitting Politics of Grip Tape piece. We talked grip tape not too long ago, but what we haven't talked about is writing. All three of us have written for skateboard publications over the years. Jason, how did this piece come together?
2: Well, initially... I wanted to do another in the series called um, Branding Masterclass. Like I did one article about Hubba wheels, Branding Masterclass. I did another one about trucks in 2018. So I was like, oh, you know, people have strong opinions about grip tape. Why don't we do another one of those? So I like wrote like initial draft or whatever. And then the snack man was like, why don't we make it like the pants thing? Like the politics of pants from last year, and just in, do, interview a bunch of people. Uh, ask them the same questions and shit. So that's pretty much how it you know went down. And then um, Snackman linked me with all the people whom I interviewed, like Shane Heil, Brian Brown from Mesa Distribution, Charles Rivard, um, Robert Jessup.
0: That the was the behind. big get. I was yeah. I was fucking yeah. hyped on that. Yeah, yeah that Bobby was,
1: Jessup.
2: You know, shout out, um, shout out, Jim T, for making that happen. So, I think that's it, right? I think that's everybody I interviewed. Let me see here.
0: Sounds like a complete list. Yeah. Yeah. It was like Charles oh,
2: Scuba Steve. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Steve. Yeah. I interviewed Scuba Steve from uh, Miles Grip Tape. So, yeah. It, like I just started noticing that, like, uh, I just posted to my story that I switched to Mob, and then like, I got a bunch of like responses, like with some like strong ass opinions. I was like, damn, people really give a shit about, you know, what grip tape they use. So,
0: <laughs> that's kind of how it came about. Yeah, I'd always been like, you know, whatever is black and free at the skate shop. So is that generally how it works with uh, with you? You pitch ideas and then they morph.
2: Yeah, like I'll, I'll pitch an idea sometimes with the, um with like the Asana summer video part of the summer thing. That's just like a like a thing like that I've been doing that for fucking 10 years. It's like a format. I don't really have to pitch it. But yeah, when I, when I get an idea, I'll just pitch it and, um, you know, do like a first draft. I'll get some feedback and you know switch it around or change some shit uh i guess that's how journalism works <laughs> i don't know i never wrote for a, like a according like to hoyle newspaper or magazine tip, but i don't know i guess that's how it works
0: well mike's written for both newspapers and magazines is that how it's been how it's worked for you mike
1: guess yeah. it's all over the place i feel like i've been fortunate just with the snack man to have like a, a steady diet of like <laughs> once per year he goes, Hey, I got an idea in it, and you should be able to do it well. And I'm like, This sounds great. I'll do that. But
0: yeah. So he it, pitches to you.
1: Well, yeah. Yeah. It's more like, Hey, would you want to do this? Because it, it should fit. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I'm getting awkward over the, over the phrasing of like it's pitched to me, but like, I don't know. Writing about skateboarding is always awesome, usually awesome when people will actually respond and answer their phones and whatnot. But, um, no, that's super fun. I don't know. I, I think it varies in, you know, the various modes of writing. Like, I'm I'm freelancing right now and get assignments for, you know, very specifics of articles to do. You know, I've worked in newspapers where it's, like, finding your own story, basically doing whatever you want, as long as, like, you know it's within reason. Any other things? I don't know. Doing the skateboard mag stuff back in the day, like like, you know, Templeton. That was pretty assignment-based, but had a blog over there for a little bit that I probably am glad is no longer on the internet. So that's good. But yeah, varied experience, I guess. Skateboarding, it's always been kind of within certain lines. I wish I was, I guess, I guess I, I I did a, I I did a piece about skating in shorts that ran on vice and that, that was like a fully formed idea out of my own head. Maybe I'm not as good at, I'm not that good at pitching skateboard ideas. What's been your experience, Templeton?
0: Uh, I guess my experience has been pretty good. The first paid writing gig I had was I I saw some magazine randomly at Barnes and Noble. It was called Extreme Video Magazine with just Whoa. the X. And Whoa. I just was like sketchy actually. <laughs> yeah, it was like issue one, whatever, like pretty shitty magazine, but this was like early two thousands and this is when I was filming skating. So I pitched him idea I pitched him an idea like total cold call, send an email or whatever. And they're just like, sure. So I wrote this article like how to do ramp slow-mo. And uh it was it was, I don't know, probably like 10 pages or something. So that was like an in print in an actual magazine. So that was my first pro writing gig. And then uh Kevin Wilkins came to me to blog for the skateboard mag, but I, I kinda consider that separate. But then I got into writing the slog thing because, I, again, I pitched an idea. I was like, you guys should write a slog about the skate kitchen. And Kevin was like, mm-hmm. okay, how about you do it? So, that yeah, I guess I'm okay at pitching. Man, go, what, what,
2: what was the skate kitchen? I'm trying to remember.
0: It was an Ohio uh, skate website. Oh, it was yeah, really yeah. good. Uh, and I think, I think maybe Cody Green came out of that. The filmer Cody Green, who at one time filmed at the barracks and worked for Vans. So it had some some good pedigree.
1: Quick sidebar: Were you doing ramp slow mo in After Effects?
0: That was one of the uh, options with oh. uh, Twix Store, which was like a like an add on or something. And then also I, I I showed how you could like fake it by chopping up your clip and like you know you got the beginning is a hundred and then you like chop a little bit and put that one at like ninety, then chop a yep. little more. 80 70 60 like and just do it like that
2: wait so this publication X- X- extreme video was like a physical magazine about videography like i guess quote-unquote action sports videography yep All right. oh dang i had no idea
0: yeah i they probably didn't make it past like the first year but i got i got mine in and i got 400 bucks nice. so pretty good deal nice
1: um speaking of ramp slow-mo uh, if you watch the early Transworld videos, i would always thank John Geffrom mm-hmm. uh, for. Hold on, I gotta like check my blog, my long defunct skateboard blog, just to see what the. Oh, he's video specialist. He was always credited as video specialist, and I don't think I don't know if the guy ever skated, but I think Ricky Biedenbaugh, I went on a trip with him, and he told me that Geffrom was the guy in north county san diego or wherever who had like a video deck that allowed you to do ramp slow-mo super easy and so he was the go-to guy for those early trans world videos if i am remembering the story right which i believe i am uh, yeah that's real how quick I remember for it too. uh
2: for for lay people such as myself uh could y'all please clarify what exactly ramp slow-mo is uh one word one word for you Whoa. oh okay there we go mike nailed it Oh, so it's like, it like when you, like, like, slow-mo with the sound, and the sound goes like,
1: Boo. Well, it's like, it's like going, it's, it's not, in linear editing, you would, you would do, like, you could do a slow-mo where maybe the whole clip is at 50% speed, or you could start the clip at 100%, and then chop it, and go 50, and then back up to 100. Oh, I, oh is, I know what you're talking about. This okay. is a gradation. This is maybe a uh, hyperbola. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Okay. Got it, got it.
0: Yeah, and basically iPhone does a ramp slow mo, so it's very easy these days. But there's no there's no control of the ramp. Anyway,
1: yeah, okay. where where the hell were we?
0: Yeah, uh, I think getting we talked. Paid. Yeah, we, we talked a little Talk bit about, about getting, getting paid. paid. I got paid four hundred bucks for that first article, which turned out to be like a pretty decent uh, price. How how have you guys felt about the money you guys have made for? writing about skateboarding?
2: Oh, I, I don't care. I mean, it, I just do it for, for fun. I mean, the money is just like beer money or non-alcoholic beer money at this point. So yeah, I just do it for fun as a hobby or whatever. And whatever
0: money is cool, but you know, I don't really care. That's kind of my current uh, status of it. Mike, I'm interested to hear what you have to say because you you write outside of skateboarding. So I wonder how how the money pencils out in skateboarding compared to the real world
1: yeah i'm thinking back to the to the the skateboard this is a difficult sentence evidently the the skateboard meg days where on the masthead i was a staffer so i know i started out at 25 cents per word and i think i got bumped up to 40 cents per word and that was nice and that doesn't really hold a candle to like you know ninth. what's a good date i don't know let's just say like 2001 and previous, like words, cents per word rates for magazine writing because they used to be way higher. And 2001 is probably a very arbitrary thing. But what that meant is that like, if you did a 1500 word article, you know, you got $620 or something for it. And when I was doing that, it felt great. Um, it's always kind of been like, I was always either working at a skate shop or doing something else. I only ever really lived off writing, not about skateboarding. Never lived off that. But um, you know, maybe I, made, I made I made I made five figures writing about skateboarding one year, I want to say, way back in the day. And maybe I got overpaid that year and then had money taken out of paychecks after that, but what was the original question?
0: Oh, I was wondering how uh skateboard writing uh compensation compared to outside real world pay like where you yeah i mean do you get paid 40 something cents a word now or, you know, i it, mean it's, you don't have to answer that
1: it, well no that's fine i mean it's kind of commensurate now nowadays you know most as a freelancer the things i'm doing are just like flat rate you know it's kind of tied to the word word count because they're departments and they're all going to be the same thing but you know I think a guy told me that if you write an online story for the New Yorker, you know, one of the most prestigious magazines out there, online story, twelve hundred words, you get three hundred bucks. Yeah, <laughs> jeez. Yo, did, did y'all ever see on Twitter
2: the people are like, uh, yeah, like in the fifties, like Truman Capote or whoever would like <laughs> would write like uh, like an article for fucking Saturday Evening Post and get like. Something completely insane, like a hundred thousand dollars in like nineteen fifty-five money or something like that. Shit, or, or even you do it like, like
1: once a year, like ten ten thousand dollars in nineteen fifties money, which is like a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, some,
2: yeah, money. yeah. It was it was some shit like that. Yeah, ten thousand dollars in fifties money, which is yeah,
1: right.
0: Like he made a year's salary off one article.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I remember uh, the long if if anybody is interested just in journalism and talking about the process at all, the long form podcast is a great, great resource on that. They do it weekly. There was a former editor of Harper's magazine who, you know, like flew to India to try to track down the Beatles when they were, you know, meditating in some joint. And yeah, just, just beyond the pay, just the budgets that used to exist in print journalism, where you could fly to India and track down the Beatles that, you know, some, some, some dude's place where they're meditating and that's all paid for. And then on top of that, you know, you're getting $5 per word or some flat rate that is <laughs> a shitload of money in today's money. Like the game is different. And I mean, maybe kind of shifting gears a little bit, like do we uh, skateboard riding more interesting than it's been, or is, is it more interesting nowadays than it used to be? Or is it better democratized on the web? Like, what do we think of it?
0: I think it's way better now than it's ever been. I think because there's so many different outlets, there's so much more variety and so much more opportunity for interesting things. Like, I think when it was just the magazines, everybody was just playing it really safe. And it's like, oh, let's just say what happened on this road trip. You know, like, some words to go along with these photos. Let's interview a guy, get the basics of his life, and... That's that. But now there's just so many more outlets and, you know, we get the politics of grip tape. Can you imagine, you know, that running in Transworld in 1986? Like, no fucking way.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it's way better now, uh, especially better. Like, Slap kind of did some shit in the 90s. But, yeah, when it was just Transworld and, and Thrasher, yeah, that, that was it pretty much. I mean, Thrasher had and still has their voice. You know Jake Phelps and everything, uh, Transworld. They kind of always had good interviews, but like their voice was, you know, kind of milk toast. I don't, you know, I don't think that's that's gonna be a shock to anyone. I mean, like Big Brother, like shout out Earl Parker. You know, he he did some shit as far as writing goes. Yeah, I mean, for uh for a group that pretty much like hates to read, like there's a lot of good skate writing out there, either in like blogs, like you got like uh Free Skate Mag pocket yeah, i think pocket is german like, like plus there's like a lot of people that
1: come out with books yeah about like about skating which trips me out i just i, I would love to see more like skateboard articles not even bagging on us i mean jason you just did an interview heavy thing i just did one too on quarter snacks but like the article <laughs> you know what i mean or maybe yeah like, i mean yeah making yeah sense of it you know like talk to people but then it's like a unified thing like not that yeah, and maybe maybe closer to the New Yorker version of things, and maybe maybe as we joke about being non-readers, maybe there isn't a readership for that. But you know, the fact that the magazines are so tour story interview, I don't know. Like maybe the trash section in Thrasher is like the most literate part of skateboarding, or the longest the longest lived literate part of skateboarding. If that makes sense.
2: Yeah, it could be. I mean. I wish I could come up with more ideas for just like Like, articles without interviews because like like, that's the stuff I like like, to write the most like interviews are cool I'll do them but like just transcribing them is like I hate it you know what I mean shout out anyone who transcribes long ass interviews like uh like Eric Swisher or whatever because that shit is ponderous I know there's like like a service you can get that does it like computerized but yeah I don't know yeah just straight up articles I think those are tight because you don't seem that much. I, I
1: don't trust the transcription robot. And, transcription uh,
0: robot 5,000.
1: Yeah. And and uh, shout out Swisher, who's Chromeball.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, one of the best doing it. Uh, who else do you guys... Uh, fuck, I almost Oop, said the magic easy, words. Uh, easy. <laughs> what other skate writers are you guys... Um, fuck, I just I just have that one f- vocabulary word. Uh, who else do you guys like to read in skateboarding? Um,
2: oh, well... Well, Boil the Ocean, of course. That guy's been doing it uh, forever. Yeah.
0: yeah, shout out that guy.
1: Almost said his um, name.
0: I really like Farron, Farron Golding's stuff. I mean, I know he he's like friend of the pod. I'm sure he's listening, but I feel like he's probably the most interesting skate rider out there right now. Besides you guys, of course. <laughs>
2: yeah, who else? Um, I think, you know, Burnett's pretty solid. He has his own voice yeah. and shit. Um, whoever does free... I think, is pretty good, like, on the long-form tip.
1: I gotta say, like, I like uh, Snackman. Like, yeah, he's got one of the best and consistent voices in skating where it's, like, not dogging anything. Maybe something's low-key, but, but for the most part, it's, like, a consistency and, like, a, oh, oh yeah, let's just say optimism within skateboarding that I like. Yeah, shout out know. to that guy. I, I've said on here before, like the Big Brother thing was, uh, like I never got into it. I was always a Transworld guy. I'm a I'm a Transworld ass skater. ass as skater. No,
2: cause you nope. mi- you missed the um the glory days when when it was still based out of World. Yeah, no. Like I, the first, I only
1: got like Larry Flint.
2: Yeah, the first like I guess through issue twenty or around there, that shit was funny. Like it yeah. was, like the like, Earl Parker drinking contest where like they took him out drinking and they did like a, a graph of like all the drinks he had with like little icons for like, Oh, here's a shot of Jaeger, blah, blah, blah. Like <laughs> it was like so funny.
1: Um, just something I remembered that I wanted to say back on pitching ideas, the ridechannel.com. That was maybe my glory days of pitching ideas. Oh yeah. Was actually, yeah. Shout out yeah. Yeah,
2: Lucas. It. Yeah. yeah. Shout out Lucas for sure. That, that was the first place I got paid. I got made money writing. For skateboarding, about what? What the fuck do I understand? First place where I got paid for writing about skating.
1: Well, I mean, I, I honestly think I know. Like the slapboard thought they came up with everything that was ever printed, quote unquote, on that site. But like, man, I wish that thing was around here today. Birdman, are you listening? Bring back Ride Channel and all its glory, because that I really think that was a great place for like skate nerding. That was just like. Skating was too, I don't know. Skating was at a weird point where it didn't want that. Or maybe it was just the wrong URL. Yeah, I don't know. It, w-
2: it was funny. People are so like, oh, it's like the TMZ of skateboarding. It was like, what? Like, like, that's what they were trying to be.
1: Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, there, it's no longer on the internet, but Lucas did that. Lucas Weisenthal, longtime Twitter. And uh, I don't know. I think he listens, but he did like an oral history of EMB and that. Was fucking amazing. Yeah, (laughs) some of the the shit in there.
2: I think I found it like some of the shit I wrote, I found it in the Wayback Machine, or Mm. I had to look way back through my Gmail to see like the Word doc that I emailed. Like some of the shit I wrote in there, like I did a list about like the top 100 instances of video music supervision of all time. I was like, dude, that shit was pretty good.
0: Yeah, it's a shame that some of those things are just lost forever. I don't think anything I wrote was like, truly um i don't know anything super special for ride channel i did write a thing for what was the mountain dew website green, green label green label yeah green which label. was kind of under the complex umbrella same as ride channel and it was um it was kind of like i don't I don't even remember what the fuck it was but it was kind of like an oral history of skate spots or like no it was like an annotated map of famous skate spots and that was pretty rad i got um fuck I'm like forgetting all this shit. Um Jim I talked to Jimmy Pelletier about Pulaski and he was talking about the Pulaski mm. phone and like all this shit. It was that was a pretty fun, pretty fun one to write. And those green label articles, they paid basically like double because it was like advertising. And that was pretty tight.
1: That's always nice.
0: Did you guys ever get into the green label writing world? Or like the no. complex like SpawnCon stuff?
2: No, never got into the SpawnCon.
0: Dude, it was tight. Like I remember I wrote some like top 10 list and it was like, okay, you got to like put this Oakley jacket in there. And then it was like, I can't remember if it was just 200 bucks or if it was 500 bucks. I think it might've been 500 bucks, but it was, it was like, damn, this is sick. Like, you know, usually, usually something like that pays a hundred bucks, you know, if it's just content, not sponsored.
1: Yeah. I mean, I did SpawnCon, Ride Channel, maybe a Toyota thing. And that was, that was a cool 500 for like a non-reported, just write some shit story. Like I'm, I, yeah, I'm definitely coming from the mindset of like, I love, I, yeah, We, we, we were talking about this before we started recording. Like I like doing interviews now, but I'm also pretty introverted or at least used to be when I started trying to do this work and like calling people up was a, was fucking terrible had to like psych myself up like punch my thigh or something that's maybe a dramatization but did a toyota listicle for ride channel that was that was 500 bucks and i was like running to the bank
0: yeah easy money let's get into that like contacts thing because i feel like that's always like a, a weird thing like how you get in touch with all these you know famous people who certainly have lots of people trying to get in touch with them and like how do you get them to call you back? Or like how do you even make contact? Like Jason, you said that Snackman kind of made it happen for you with, with yeah, this script tape thing. Yeah,
2: Snackman usually hooks it up like he um he's got all the contacts. He's got the ill uh, Rolodex. He'll you know if you want to interview like so and so, he'll usually like reach out or whatever. Most people like he'll you can even like DM, like it's not a big deal. I mean, that's a good good thing about you know, these days, most people are only a uh, you know, DM away. So, he usually hooks that up. And like, I've gotten a lot more comfortable about, you know, talking to people, you know, on the phone or like cold calling, as it were. You're like, hey, I'm Jason, of course, I call Like, you know I mean? I've gotten a lot more comfortable with it. It's like, it's like anything.
0: So, do you full on cold call? Like, like, Snack Man just gives you the phone number and you're like, all right, I'm going to call this guy up. He's not expecting me.
2: Oh, like, oh, no, no. I, I, no. I was using the term cold call uh, incorrectly. I mean, I'll, I'll usually <laughs> email him or text him. Before to set up a time.
0: All right, yeah. I got given some people's phone numbers, just like, oh yeah, you should talk to Stevie Stevie Williams. Here's his here's his number. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna just like randomly hit up Stevie Williams and be like, hey man, you want to talk about chocolate? Like, I'm doing this thing for Ride Channel. <laughs> Mike, did you ever have any experiences like that where you had to just like make a random phone call?
1: I mean, doing the skateboard mag stuff. This is 2006. Like, I don't think text messaging was really that it existed but i don't think people were doing it yeah that and was so, like the yeah. t9 days yeah 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 nokia's and all that so it was definitely um i was cold calling and like i like i mentioned earlier there, there was a psych up period and i remember i was trying to what's that kid's name i can remember the dude whose phone i called because the guy i needed to um actually talked to, didn't have a phone at the time, Alexis Rivera, rode for Foundation, was that him? it was it Abdias Rivera? Okay, so I I talked to Abdias Rivera from Tampa who was living with, or was, yeah, was roommates with the kid from Denver who rode for foundation. And like, I was trying to, uh, the interview never ran because like his skateboard career ended. (laughs) <laughs> concurrently with me trying to interview him because he never shot enough photos. Who was that kid? Alexis Ramirez. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Like I've, I, I've, I've contacted people for skateboarding stuff like every which way did an ESPN thing where I interviewed Louis Barletta and I was calling one of his roommates and then was just like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Louis's right here. Like that actually went way better than it ever should have gone. And i did ask how old he was and he declined to answer <laughs> <laughs> that was my second you gotta question ask in though interview. you're a good journalist yeah gotta you ask. gotta ask I, I i went to journalism school i'm gonna ask any other stupid i mean nowadays it's just like you can dm most people on instagram and they're gonna get it like i interviewed strobeck for a recent quarter snacks thing and Snackman lined that up but I don't know about you, Jason, and, you know, doing, doing previous work, like the ride channel, especially when it first started, was, was, was nothing to make people blush. Like, Oh fuck. The ride channel wants to talk to me. Like the quarter <laughs> snacks is like fucking New York times in a lot of ways. It's funny. I'm, I'm also speaking from experience of being a community newspaper reporter where people are like, what the fuck outlet are you? Yeah. Yeah. Never I mean, yeah, most people are like, oh, yeah,
2: sacks, Yeah, I fuck with them. Blah blah blah. Sure. I mean, yeah. sometimes like you know, people will flake, but
1: like most of the, most of the time, it's yeah, yeah. we've been able to uh, you know make contact and do what we gotta do. I think one of the funnier things from working with the skateboard mag back when was when these skaters would. I mean, I don't, I, I never got word officially that there was any pay to play, but I think there was kind of quid pro quo that all right, skater X who rides for companies, ABC, you shoot enough photos for your new, for your new Jack interview, your amateur interview. All right. Yeah. We, we got some ads lined up. You put the work in, you shot, I don't know, enough for like, what's that going to be? Six pages? That sound about right, Templeton?
0: Yeah. Give or take.
1: Yeah. We got, we got six pages, three stills, two sequences, and all of a sudden, you're calling this kid up to be like, hey, I need to get 1,500 words worth of interview out of you. You don't say that, but hey, I got to talk to you for the skateboard mag interview that you've worked on for the past six months. And these people ghost you for like a week and a half. That was always insane to me. Like, finish the job, guys.
0: Yeah, pretty wild. Like, you know, there's like, at that time, there were three or four magazines. Like, pretty big deal to get in a magazine and to have people just not not really be that stoked. It's kind of crazy to me.
1: You did that one on purpose.
0: <laughs> oh, I didn't. I fucking forgot. That's just how I talk. <laughs> well, I'm sure you guys are all stoked that people will call you back these days. Which brings us to the end of our show where we talk about what we're stoked on. Jason, what are you stoked on this week?
2: Uh, stoked on Venture Trucks out of San Francisco, California. Also stoked on some mass entertainment like Movie Top Gun Maverick. Listen, I'm a Gen X type of guy. I saw the first Top Gun in the theater, so it was only right that I saw the second one in the theater. It was fucking sick. I can see how you know you think it's corny or whatever, or propaganda or whatever, but uh I don't know. For Gen X folk like me, it was uh, I don't know, it was pretty pretty awesome. Also stoked on a trailer for next Call of Duty game, Call of Duty. Black Ops Modern Warfare 2. No, I think it is Modern Warfare 2. I don't think there's Black Ops. That comes out on October 28th. So pretty juiced about that. On the flip side, stoked on a little video from a French board company called Album. It's called Album de Famille. I think most of the people in it don't even ride for the company, but there's a lot of sick, uh, like Hotel de Ville footage. My guy, JP Villa, who I think he was on Primitive. The primitive flowgram a couple of years ago, but not anymore. I was kind of looking for his part in a new video. He's a super sick, like Brazil, Spain, France tech type of guy. He has some shit in there. So, yeah, on a Euro Tech Tip, uh, definitely check that out. I think it's on the free free skate that website. Um, Mike, what are you stoked on this week?
1: Pretty sure Patrick's going to be stoked on your uh, pronunciation <laughs> back there. <laughs> <laughs> I myself am stoked on, um, I saw an adidas demo that might have been previewed on a previous podcast a couple of weeks ago i'm stoked on seeing dennis businitz push in person and yeah i'm kind of riffing on like gino pushing i don't think we're gonna see much out of gino anymore so we we've, we've probably got to update our our mindsets so dennis businitz has that like crazy half push one of my buddies calls it a dab push the amount of acceleration that dude can get from the way he pushes in a very short distance is unparalleled like you have to see it in person to actually understand it i've appreciated it as a little weird looking on video and like kind of without context without being at the spot but what did he do i think he just accelerated like 50 feet which is not that far in skateboarding across familia headquarters the skate park to do a frontside ollie over a hip on a four-foot quarter pipe. And he, like, it was, like, the most torqueiest, T-O-R-Q-U-E-I-E-S-T, torqueiest push I've ever seen in my life. Like, you need to see the amount of speed that guy can generate over short distances to actually believe it. It's unreal, and I've never seen anything like it other than from Dennis Business That said, Tiago Lemos... Early in his video part in the primitive video, I didn't re-watch it. I watched it one time and my my thought was Tiago pushes and it's exciting. And I think he was doing Switch Mongo to go hella fast for like some ridiculous, like, you know, switch crooked grind variation on a very high ledge. But the next time you're watching Tiago footage, um, just watch how he pushes and how it's like he does a couple tricks, and it's like, oh, we're not fucking around anymore. He's pushing to get serious, and that's, that's, that's excellent. So those are two uh, you know, alternatives to Gino. I'm wrapping up now, but I'm going to say that Adidas demo was great. Um, shout out to the women who are on Adidas. Uh, Nora V., Jen Soto, Mariah Duran. Like, I've been to a bunch of skate demos, as has been reflected upon on this podcast. And it was super, super awesome to have women at the demo because as skateboarding has changed for the better over the past couple of years, you have the women there and there's little girls who want to skate and are skating and they're out there. And I am a girl dad, admittedly, but there's little girls at the demo that with their moms and there was a rad clip. It's out there on Instagram. Maybe you can find it, but I think it was... Mariah Duran, Nora V and a Minneapolis local, you, know, they tried to synchronize kick flips, and there's, you know, you've got um, Felipe Gustavo doing nolly, switch flip backside tailside shove it down the handrail. But on the other side of the park, there's a very, you know, more well, no, it's not even that different. It's just skateboarding. Going on over in the other side, uh, the clip is the three women doing kickflips at the same time and you know there there were there were cheers on the other side of the park very different vibe with women doing the pro skateboard demo and it's all for the better and it was super fun and I wanted to bring my daughter I didn't and now I wish I had Templeton what are you stoked on
0: I am stoked on warmer weather we've had kind of an extended winter here in Oregon so warmer weather and the uh, extended daylight hours means I'm going to be skating before work uh, starting next week probably so stoked on that and that's it for our show this week be sure to check out mostlyskateboarding.net for links to the things that we talked about and other show notes until next time you can keep up with us all week online Uh, Mike, where can people find you?
1: I'm on Twitter and Instagram sparingly, admittedly with the same handle, at mmunzenrider.com. I don't even know how this shit works anymore. (laughs) Jason, where can the people find you?
2: On Twitter, at Carbonite1994, on Instagram, at FrozenCarbonite, and uh, writing stuff for quarterstacks.com. Templeton, where can the people
0: find you? You can find me on Twitter, at skate and on Instagram, at MosuSkateboarding. skateboarding. see you guys next week.
3: Fair. It's a ceiling.